0: Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Lord, I pray today, would you help us? Would you help us open the eyes of our heart, Lord, the ears of our heart, Lord, to hear what you are saying, Lord? We want to be Open hearted to you. We don't want to be closed. We don't want to be stiff necked, Lord. We want to be a people that are open to you as our one true God, Lord. So help us, Lord, to attune to what you're saying. Help us to hear your words to each of us. And we pray, Lord, would you speak right into the space in us where your word is needed today? Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Bring your word and transform us, Lord, to be like you. Amen. Yes. I love a bit of support like that. So, yell out as much as you like. Um, So, many of you today, this is a word for you personally, but as the Lord does when he speaks a prophetic word is he speaks on layers. And something that he speaks to you personally will not just be only personally. It will be, if it's personal, it's because he's equipping you for the bigger space, which might be, you know, your work community, your family. It'll be here at Hope. And so some of you are going to be hearing personally and ready for hearing the word for hope. And then another layer again, hearing the word for the body of Christ across the world. So come with me today on a bit of a journey and let's go. Okay, so October last year, this is a story about my life to get us started. On October last year, I was living my life, which did have some significant challenges in it, and it really felt like the pressure was building and building. I was following Jesus as much as I knew how, and working on being obedient to the Lord. And amidst the hard things, you know, I wanted more of Jesus. I wanted to be more free in him. I wanted to connect with him more. I wanted to go forth in what he had. And so I used to pray this way. And this happened um, over a number of years. I was praying in this way to break through for the more with the Lord. And then in October, over a couple of weeks, my life exploded Something happened in my life and my life literally exploded. And some of you here will know an experience like this where suddenly a massive situation happens and you're left reeling. You're in shock and it comes out of the blue. And so a few days after that shock settled, you know, I, I thought, I'm okay. I'm, I'm coming to terms. This is really big. It's really bad. I'm coming to terms with it. And I had that moment just in time for the next wave of realising that that situation was much worse than I had thought it was before and there was more. And you might have had that too. And you realise there's more and you, you handle that and then a few days later there's more and there's more and it just kept coming. And I had entered now the hardest and most confronting and most difficult thing that had ever come my way and it really rocked me to the core. About six weeks into this process in my life, God actually gave me a dream to, which I believe was to validate what I was feeling and what I was experiencing so that I would know I hadn't lost my mind and I wasn't breaking completely. And in the dream, I was in my car and I was driving along a road. And that's often just the journey of life. And I'm driving along a road, just driving along and then bang, out of nowhere, the ground is gone. And the car turns face down, bonnet down and is now falling downwards. And so I am at the steering wheel looking face first as I'm falling. And in the dream, I fell and I fell and I fell, and I fell, for a really long time, face first. And then the ground seemed to appear and the car levelled out and rolled to a stop. I was now in a place completely disconnected from everything I hadn't ever known. And I had no idea how to get back to anything I did know before. And that's the experience that I was living. Everything had changed. I had no idea where I was. And it came to me out of the blue. I had complete disorientation, shock and trauma. And some of you will have had this where everything seems completely black. Now, while I was operating or experiencing this, I did have belief. Jesus was here and he was with me. I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him. I couldn't sense him. But I knew God is there. And I just, that's it. I held that. Now, a few months into this time in January 3, I'm reading my Bible, reading for the day, and I read the story of Noah. And I knew then and there that God was saying that I was Noah at this time and that I was actually in the ark right now. I was in the dark in the ark I'd been thrown around by the waters. I had no bearings of where I was. But what about you? Have you wondered why when you have been through so many rough things and when you've held on to God's promise and when you've done the right things, that life would blow up, that catastrophe comes, that it gets worse, where is that promise? Isn't this when the promise is meant to come? And yet it's worse. So we're going to take some time now to read through the story of Noah. It is three chapters. (laughs) So just follow through on the screen because I'm just going to read through specific verses to get that story fresh in our minds. So just follow along with me. So it says in Noah 6 on verse 9, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. So we're on verse 11, yeah. Earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. Now for those who are interested, violence actually comes from the word Hamas. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside out. Verse 17, I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Verse 21, you are to take hold, take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and them. Noah did just everything just as God had commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark. Verse 5, and God did all that God, the Lord commanded him. Verse 7, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his son's wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Then in verse 11, all the springs of the great deep burst forth and the floodgates of the heavens were opened and rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Verse 17, for 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth as the waters increased. They lifted the ark high above the earth The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out, people and animals and the creatures that move along the ground, and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. But God remembered Noah. Then in verse 3, the water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down and on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month and on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Then in verses 6 to 9, it says that Noah sent birds out gradually at different times to test if the land was present to land on and if he could exit the ark. But in verse 15, it says, then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Verse 18, so Noah came out. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of the clean animals clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it, and the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Verse 9, then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Noah in the Ark is a story that we think is amazing because Noah was kept safe and saved and entered into the promise of God. But today for now, we need to notice something here and it's the part of the story that doesn't get many words. What was it like for Noah in the Ark? Just like that, the story skips 40 days. Just like that, the story skips another 150 days he was in that ark for 371 days he spent decades they say up to 120 years building the ark being obedient to the lord doing a hard job that was considered bizarre in those days so that the ark was ready and then when the lord said he got in it and i think personally once he was in it it says the lord shut him in the waters came I think he thought at that moment that life was a lot worse. Think what it would have been like in that ark. The whole world that he knows has now disappeared. He's no longer settled on something tangible and stable. He's in a boat on an ocean of water. And if you look at this rebuilding of the ark, he's pretty much living in the dark. There's a lot of animals. There's just a few people... He had food that he'd prepared for a year before he got on. There's no fresh food coming in. It would have stunk. It was dark and claustrophobic. And it's pretty likely he felt trapped. Completely at the mercy of what was going on around him. But the one thing he did have, he was alive and he was in the ark. Everything else, though, was gone or completely tossed and disoriented around him. Do you relate to that? Have you had that in your life? You've done the right things, you've prayed the right things, you've committed to following the Lord, and then wham, you're in a space where everything is unstable, everything seems lost, and there seems to be nothing that you can do but hold on. What do you think Noah actually did in the ark? I think he simply stayed alive what could he do about the flood? He couldn't make the flood end. He couldn't make the ark move somewhere where it was not in the flood anymore. He just had to keep showing up each day, feed himself and his family without any idea of what the future really looked like. He had entered into the ark, the safe house of God, and God had provided this for him and he just had to keep going. God was in charge of the world at that time. God's in charge now. God was in charge of what's happening, and he had gotten Noah and his family into that ark for them to be safe amidst it all. But I don't know that it felt good. What do you do in a boat with a heap of animals and just a few people day in, day out? However, if he wasn't in that ark, he would have been destroyed. He was held in the ark and he was kept safe. God provided this for Noah and his family in this this dark place. They were being tossed around, but they had actually already entered into the promise. God had kept them. Now, in my life, this ark for me looked like a pitch black tunnel I just appeared in a tunnel, I knew that I am facing this way and the tunnel goes that way or that way, but I just appeared and I am facing this way, but there is no light. We say, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, there wasn't. I knew though by faith there would be, but I couldn't see it. And so every day was just another step forward that I had to take by showing up again for another day. And I had faith that I'd, you know, find that light and that I would one day walk out. God kept showing me over and over that there was nothing I could do to make this season be over in my life. But I could make it go slower. In that tunnel, I could sit down. I, had, I could go back from where I was, which simply wasn't an option for me. I think God might have been behind... To Push me that way. I could sit down though. I didn't know what to do. And I know I'm travelling with a few of you here. You don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. But every now and then on a day the option would appear and it was a situation of here's one option and so I could take that option which is a step or I could refuse that option which is a sit down. That's it. And so I had this extreme feeling of powerlessness and vulnerability in my life. I was hugely dependent on support from a few people, and I felt really guilty about that. But the guilt just ended up being a sit down moment for me. Every time I swallowed up in guilt and started to worry about the support and other people, it was a sit down, and I wasn't able to progress. I was actually in the ark. I was in the safe house of the Lord. He was now in control. He was stepping me through according to the right timeline that he had to bring the promise. The promise that he gave you before it got worse is true. He gave it to Noah and that caused Noah to obediently follow the Lord and build that ark. Noah built into being in the presence of the Lord. He built into that ark. To be under God's covering when that deluge happened. You have built something with the Lord in your obedience. He is not expecting you to work it all out, He is holding you tight and covering you while He takes you through. So hold on, you will come through. Stay in the ark. Just do the thing he shows you when he shows you. Some of you are like, well, I don't know what he's showing me. No, because he hasn't shown you yet. He will show you when he shows you. But for others of you, I have to ask you a question. Are you building the ark with Jesus? Have you been heeding his word to you? Those seemingly insignificant behaviours, you know, practices that the Lord is calling you to do, that you think are nothing, they're no big deal, they don't matter, they are the things in your life that build the ark. And Noah followed God's instructions over decades to build the ark. He was faithful and I believe God is calling us to faithful obedience. So let's just look now at the ark and how this word as a word actually develops as a concept in the Bible. In the Bible, the ark is first mentioned here with Noah, as we've said. But then later on in the Bible, not too far, we hear about the ark of the covenant. And this is the structure that's built to hold the presence of the Lord. So in the book of Joshua, and for those who are really keen to know the bigger picture prophetically with the world, study Joshua. I believe that's key for these next seven years or so, in the book of Joshua, when he led the people over the river Jordan, he followed God's instructions. Joshua was very good at obedience and following God's instructions. His instructions were for the priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant into the water. That seems crazy that you would take something so precious, doesn't it, that houses the presence of the Lord and they're just going to walk it into water. But they did. And as they walked it into the water, the waters parted so that all of the Israelites could actually just walk across the riverbed and cross the River Jordan. This is walking into the promise of the Lord. They held that ark there until they were all across. And then when they were all across, the Ark of the Covenant then came across and the waters immediately came back. That's the power of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant meant that God had made a way for the people to cross over into the promised land and to be safe. They were protected. They had victory. Then it says later in the Bible in Jeremiah, it says, In those days when your numbers have increased greatly in the land, declares the Lord, people will no longer say the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It will never enter their minds or be remembered. It will not be missed, nor will another one be made. At that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all nations will gather in Jerusalem to honour the name of the Lord. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. So, from the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, God himself would soon come to live in a house that we built for him on earth. So, we've gone from a something they can carry. Now we're building him a house on earth, and this was the temple. Now we know that the temple has been destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed, but God's house is in Jerusalem, and it will be once again. But thanks to Jesus dying on the cross for us, giving us Holy Spirit, we are now also the temple so 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. There is a stepping through of the presence of the Lord in the Bible. It began with God in, and Adam and Eve in the Bible in you know, the, the Garden of Eden and they lost it. Then the ark came... Then we have the Ark of the Covenant, then we have the Temple, which has been destroyed, but that is still relevant, right? Because we don't just erase Old Testament when Jesus comes, we add onto it. So we have the Temple, and then we have we are the Temple as well. So the story then of Noah and the Ark is for you. You are to be following Jesus, developing your faith by knowing what you believe. We have to believe it to the point that we are willing to act on it. We have to be willing to take action because of our faith. Noah believed even though he was surrounded by evil. He believed evil that would have completely disagreed, overt, not, not, not um, you know, like they didn't say anything. They would have overtly attacked and disagreed with his belief. But he believed to that point that he would act on it and build an ark. This obedience in faith, for the, you know, to build the ark, that's what we need to have. And it meant that when the flood came, Noah had something to go into. So I'm really grateful with God. I can see that he actually held back the flood in my life until there was a point where I knew that God was with me. I was actually under so much strain emotionally and physically that I couldn't hear God, I couldn't feel God, I couldn't um I couldn't get it. But I knew from faith I have a lot of people come to me and they say, why can't I hear God on such an important issue? And they say it when they are drowning in trauma and disorientation and they are overwhelmed. It is that heart. And it is in those times that we live off what we've developed with the Lord when things weren't so bad. And we hold our faith that we know because it says it here. So you are the temple of the Lord. What you have with him will take you through. If you are in the flood right now, what you have with Jesus will take you through. His word here has all you need to know. One day at a time, one step at a time, he will see you through. But let's go bigger again. In Matthew 24, 37, it then says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of man. When we are looking at the end times of the world, we know that the world will have strong similarities to the days of Noah that he existed in. And God in his goodness will be taking every flood situation in your life. That's a lot of flood situations in this room. But he will take every one of those to train you, to equip you, and to develop you, to bring you into position ready for bigger things on a global scale. It is not just a hard thing you've got to go through. It truly strengthens you and equips you. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. We go into the ark through the personal stuff. You will come out stronger. You're not going into a hard thing so that you wither away and you're forever traumatised. You will come out stronger. Now, just as David defeated Goliath using strategy that he had developed in his personal life, we will go forth in strength and strategy in the Lord that we have learnt through our personal pains, personal struggles with Jesus. What you are traversing now privately and personally equips you for anything bigger that could come ahead. We will be the people here who have the faith in the Lord that is so strong we're not only willing to act on it but we will make our decisions for life based on it. We will lay our lives down for it if necessary. Take note of what God is wanting for you now. Has he been asking you to give up on something that you don't want to give up? Has he been asking you to remain faithful to something that you want to give up on? Has he been asking you to do something that you think seems embarrassing? These are ark-building opportunities. Will you take it? And if you're in that ark right now and you have no footing and you feel that disorientation, like you can't connect, just read the word... In faith, in his word, it says, in Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I might just get the band to come up. I just want to share with you a story now regarding Israel. And as a lot of you know, six of us went to Israel recently And um, we will talk about it more and more over time, I'm sure, and, and just share what is coming. But for me personally, I had a strong sense that God had something more for us, for hope regarding Israel. And I'd learned some about it, but I knew I can't get any further until I put my feet on the ground, hence going to Israel. And I was excited that I would get to find out what the Lord wanted for us, for hope regarding Israel. The other strong sense I had of excitement, which I shared with some people, was this. I just wanted to stand where Jesus was. You know, like where it tells the stories in the Bible, I thought, if I could just stand there and just think, you know, this is where Jesus spoke this word, or this is where Jesus healed that person, that would just be amazing, and I could just sit in that space. Just be wonderful. Now, as soon as my feet touched the ground in Israel, truth came to me. My confusion around whether Israel was good or bad in this war and past wars, my inability to make sense of it was just gone like that, bang. And that's a conversation for another time. Then when we went to Jerusalem, we walked the sites where Jesus had been and we made it to the tomb where Jesus was laid. And I went into that tomb and I'm ready, and I felt nothing, and I heard that part of the verse that says, for he is not here, and I went, he is not here, nothing, okay, then as we were walking up a hill to head over to the western wall, my legs began shaking, and I literally thought to myself, wow, my fitness is bad. And I'm not saying it to, like, any of the people that I'm with, but I'm just saying my fitness is bad. Like, I really at my age should be able to do this, no worries, and walk around Jerusalem, but, gee, this is not good. i have to do something about it when I get back. But then as we started to really come into where the western wall of the Temple Mount was, now this is probably the place where I hadn't given much thought to, to be honest, My legs started trembling more and more and more. And I began to become overwhelmed with tears and trembling. I was just overwhelmed by something good of the Lord. I had not come, I realised, to be at Israel to see where Jesus was. I had come to Israel to see where Jesus is. He is in the place where the temple was, because that's his home. The temple is his house on earth. And just this week, the Lord encouraged me because in Ezekiel 48 35, they're talking about Jerusalem, and it says, And the name of the city from that time on will be, The Lord is there. In this place, I was experiencing now the glory of the King of Kings. It was God Almighty. And it was my father, and this was his house. He being my father meant I had a place here, and here he was. And I had this automatic response just to pray. It just started coming out of me. And I cried out to my father, God, because in his presence, I suddenly had this faith that everything that came out of my mouth would be done then and there. And so these big prayers just fell out of my mouth. I hadn't thought of them. They just started coming. I prayed for my whole family. I prayed for Toby and the kids. I prayed for all of my extended family. Massive prayers. And I prayed for a few key friends and I prayed for us, for hope. And I just cried out to the Lord the biggest prayers into the most hopeless spaces because I had faith then and there that these things would be sorted we would have victory through the Lord. And you know, what it felt like is I found myself feeling completely safe. I, in that moment, was surrounded by good only. I just stood still. It was like time just stood still and everything was good. I had no fear of the future because I knew if I'm here with the Lord, I have nothing to fear. I will be looked after completely by Him. I had no reverberating taunts of things from the past. They weren't only not present there, they were gone. All gone. And as the time went on, I stood there and I started to get this sense that God wanted me to come back. That I had to leave that place and I had to come back here to hope and it was time. But I didn't want to leave Him. I'd found what I needed. I had found home, I had found complete safety and goodness, but he wanted me to come back and I knew I had to. And out of my mouth came the words, Lord, I will only go if you go with me, you have to come with me. Now this is a bit like the verse that, in Exodus and Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And so I stood there for a time with the Lord, almost saying goodbye to the place, the house, and ensuring that he would come with me, that he would come back with me here for you here. This is his promise for us. He is with us. He is good. He is our safe house. The storms come and the floods come. They come up out of the ground even. But we will come through in victory as Noah did, as Joshua did, and we will enter into the promise of God. His house is in Jerusalem, and we are the ones grafted into the tree. Let's stand on our faith to the place where it marks our decisions, our actions, and our life. Let's get in the ark and see that storm through. So I just want to invite you all to stand with me now. Let's be a people who stand, who stand on our faith, that we stand together on our faith. We are all standing now and together. We don't just do it when it feels good. We don't just do it when we feel like it. Our faith is so much more than feelings, so much bigger than that. It's deep-seated belief and conviction of truth in our souls. That means we're willing to stand, to stand on through it all and to make life's decisions based on it. We will see God bring victory through for us. So I'm just going to pray and then we'll sing together as we stand. So Lord, help us. We wanna be building that ark with you, Lord. Anything that people need to know of today that they have been pushing aside and thinking, I'll get to it later, or it's no big deal, or nobody really knows. Bring it back, Lord, so that we can see it as an ark-building opportunity, that we can be investing into having this safe place with you, Lord, that we know where to run We know where to be when the hard times come. We pray, Lord, for the faith. I pray for a gift of faith to come on those who are in the ark today. A gift of faith that would say, the Lord is here. The Lord will show me the next step and what to do. The Lord is here. So, Lord, we welcome you here. Build us to be people of faith and obedience. Let us not be... The ones who speak the word but do nothing in accordance with us. Let us be ones who hear the word and live by it with action. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.